All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. everybody it's here it's here i'm excited tim's excited everybody's excited it's wednesday it is time for what i think we all deserve tim you know we we've gotten through covid we've gotten through the bubble bubbles we we lost an olympics it's it's been a tough couple years for hockey I think we've been slighted for our Stanley Cup finals the last few years. It's been a one-sided affair. Tampa Bay has came in and just they're they've been the better team the last two years, Tim, right? Oh, Tim's here, everybody. Hi, Tim. Well, I think what we're most excited for is finally seeing arguably the two best teams in the league go at it. Where it's, it's we been saw a some long time runs. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. And even Stamco said that, which is which is kind of fun. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. It's it's hands down the two best teams in the NHL. I know Florida won the president's trophy. I think everyone saw through them. I don't think anybody predicted who has any credibility predicted Florida to make the Stanley cup finals. I think everybody I know everybody, Tim knows Tim's an insider. He talks to all the beat writers. He talks to all the trainers throughout the league. He talks to everybody. Everybody knew Florida wasn't going to make it. It was either Tampa Bay or Toronto. They were the two best teams in the East. I know Carolina was fun. Florida was fun. The Rangers were young, upstart team. The two best teams in the East met in the first round. I said it a month and a half ago. I meant it. I still mean it. And I think it's the truth. Tampa won that series. They breezed through the next three series or two series, excuse me. And here we are now in the Stanley Cup final. We deserve this as fans of the NHL. This is going to be a great Stanley Cup final. If Colorado would not have tripped on their own feet, we could have enjoyed this for the last three years. It would have been incredible. It would have been back like basketball where it was Golden State versus Miami for a few years in a row or wherever LeBron was. It was Golden State versus LeBron for a few years in a row. We could have had that, but Colorado took a while for them to find their footing, maybe um, exercise some demons, maybe build up that, that those scales, that battle-tested scales that you get get the calluses on your hands and they're here good for them they made it and i'm ready for it it is tonight we got colorado tampa bay but before we get to that i made a comment on monday's show put a clip out on social media a couple clips first of all my tent rave reviews thank you everybody for responding tent got a lot of positive feedback i set up last night for the kids they slept in it they had a great time even though even with the coyotes tim because we have coyotes around us. They heard the coyotes yipping and yallering all night. They didn't leave the tent. They stayed in there. They had a good night's sleep. So it was good for them. They were in there by themselves. So I think they might sleep out there again tonight. Which ones? Which girls? All of them, except for the little one. So all five of them were out wow. there. Yeah. Good so fun. Eleanor's with us. She's only a year and a half. She's too small. But yeah, all five of them, Lillian, Estelle, Sophia, Ava, Gabriella, they were all out there. They loved it. Um, the other little tweet, social media thing I put out there, we put out there was... The Alex Dabrinkit clip got a lot of heat. I don't know if I voiced my opinion very well. I like Alex Dabrinkit. I think he's a great hockey player. I think he's a gifted goal scorer. What I am trying to state is I don't think he's an eight, nine, $10 million player. I don't. 
when I look at the guys making that kind of money in the NHL today, I don't think he fits in that category. I don't think he's a guy who you can build your franchise around. I don't think he's a guy who you go, he's my number one superstar on my team. That's not, I don't think that's who he is. And that's not slighting him. I still think he's a darn good player. I think he, you know, if, if he's put in the right situation and he's showing it in Chicago, he can put up some really good numbers. But I'm just, what I'm trying to get across is if he gets a salary with an eight, nine, or a 10 in front of it, which people are saying, I think that team will regret that signing. I know he's 24 years old. I know we've scored 41 goals multiple times. Whoever signs him will regret that signing. That's all I'm trying to say, Tim. Okay. Is, is that fair? Are you still on the Alex DeBrinkett train here? No, very well put. And you might not be wrong. Uh, I don't think, yeah, you definitely never said he's a bad player or anything. I just, man, we just talked about it before the show. You look at the guys that are making the, that kind of money, except for like the Albatross contracts, like the Voracek making eight and a half and Eric Carlson and all those, you know, the ones that don't belong. But the current players playing at their peak, making that kind of money, I don't know if he's in that category. Even if you get to like the low nines, uh, Sabanajads of the world, and the uh, who else? Aho, Heiskin, in Hurdle, yeah. even a Brady Kachuk, Kachuk. I know he's a little overpaid, but he brings so much other than his goal scoring. His intangibles are through the roof. So it's a Kirill Kaprizov, those types of players. He's a tier below those guys. Like not, not like not a big jump. He's a step below those guys. He belongs with the Jack Hughes of the world. Those types of players, still very good players. Don't get me wrong, very very good players, but not the upper echelon of players in the NHL. That's all I was trying to say. You know, he, he falls where you know, like a Nick Suzuki, a Logan Couture, those types of players. That's that's a good spot for him to be. Even like a Ryan O'Reilly, Nico Hershire, those type. Clayton Keller, does that that jives for me? That that's where I think he falls, which is still a good place to be. But he has no business being in the cornerstone of your franchise conversation, which getting that salary puts you in that conversation. So, and I was just saying he he had the Patrick Kane effect. And people got really upset, really upset, really passionate. Alex Debrinket fans out there, really fired up. You know, what can I can put that one to bed? Can we put that to well, bed? Just, Anytime we share an opinion and someone disagrees with it, it's usually that like, um, even if it's not like, it's like, it's not a particularly strong opinion. You just say, oh, I think the Hurricanes might lose to the Rangers. That's all you're saying. Hurricanes have a great franchise. You can compliment them all day long, but you predict that they'll lose a series. You have all the fans coming after you. And the first thing they always go to, and it's so tired, is like, oh, John Scott's an enforcer and he's going to comment on players that are better than him. Like, what is he, who does he think he is? It's like, first of all, you can't share an opinion, right? Says, oh, the the fatso, is- says the fatso who's never who's never played in the NHL. So, and I know I made the NHL because I could punch a guy in the face, but I was also in the NHL. So I know what goes into making a good team and what a good team looks like. And yes, the Hurricanes are a great team. St- still don't think they're better than the Rangers. And I think the Rangers proved my point with that. Yes. I, you know, I have a thick skin, but I just need to defend myself because I also want to listen to the people who listen to this show. I understand where you're coming from. I, I'm not a Debrinket hater, but I'm not ready to put him in that tier of players just yet. Maybe he'll, you know, prove me wrong and he'll be a great player, but much like the Darnell Nurse contract, not looking so good. When you when you look at the players who are in the same group, the same tier as him, defenseman, it's like, whoa, which one doesn't belong here? It's like McCarr. It's Darnell Nurse. It's Adam Fox. It's these types of players. And it's like, well, ooh, maybe Edmonton swung and a, swing and a miss on that one. All right, Tim, that's all I wanted to say. Can we get on to the Stanley Cup preview here? Because I'm excited. There's lots to talk about. Not a lot of time. We try to keep our shows into a tight 45 minutes or less, if possible. Are you ready to go, Tim? Let's do it. Let's get into I it. I hope so. And I hope all these teams are ready to go. The Avs coming into the series will have nine days off lick their wounds. They have a couple injured players. The Tampa Bay Lightning have a good break as well. I think they're coming in having four days off. So it's been a good break for both of these teams. They have injuries we all know about. Nazim Kadri coming in hurt. Braden Point coming in hurt. The Avalanche Burakovsky played game six. He was not 100%, but it looks like starting this series, he will be 100%. Tampa Bay, Avalanche, which team do you think 
needs that star player back to him to have to have more of an impact. Which team needs them more? Tampa Bay getting Braden Point back or Colorado getting Nazim Kadri back? Which one makes a greater impact for the end game? Uh, that's a hard question. Um, because they're such, they're such good impact players and they have different games, but they're so important to their to their teams. I, I think Braden Point. Um I think just, you know, he's come up clutch in so many games. It's not just the, the points that he's getting, the goals that he's scoring. It's when he's doing it. He seems to elevate his game in the most crucial moments. And, you know, even if he doesn't lead the team in points during a playoff run, he's he's going to score two or three game-winning goals during a stretch. And he's just he's just so good. And, and it changes the whole roster. Um, not to say that Kadri is not super important, too, because I think, you know, him being back is going to be critical for that team as well. But if I had to pick one, I'm going point. I agree. When you when you think of Tampa Bay, you immediately think of all their high end forwards. But when you look at the offensive output, Colorado is so incredibly deep. And yes, Nazim Kadri was such a big part of this team throughout the year. He put up career high numbers. They are getting production from up and down the lineup. They're averaging four points something goals a game this postseason. They are absolutely incredible. They're they're doing it from the first line all the way down to the third pairing on the defensive core. So I don't think losing Kadri is a as as big of an impact as it is for Tampa Bay. Cause when you look at Tampa Bay's lineup, it's, it's a very good lineup. They're very, you know, tested. We know this. They really only truly get scoring consistently from that first line. The second line's more of a checking line. They, they match up versus the other team's top line. When you got Sorelli, Hagel and Kalorn. it's the first line that does the, the, the majority of the lifting when it comes to scoring. So if you can get point back, pitch him in there with, with some semblance of Kalorn, maybe have Nick Paul up there or, or somebody, and then have your checking line be Nick Paul, Colton, and Hagel. That gives you two lines you have to be worried about for scoring if you're Colorado. But right now, I think if, if I'm the Colorado coach, I'm focusing all of my attention on that first line. That's the only offensive line I'm worried about beating us. And, and they've shown it the last few series where they have gotten, I think, 75% of the goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The last few playoff runs, we've gotten so used to, oh, there's a big goal from Patrick Maroon, or there's a Barkley Gaudreau goal, or there's there's a, a second, third line guy, or a fourth line guy who has just chipped in. Nick Paul's only got two. I think Hagel's got one. Ross Colton has gotten a couple. They haven't scored that many goals this playoffs. Their their defense, for Pete's sake, has not done any kind of scoring at all. I think the highest goal total for the defenseman throughout the whole playoffs is two, and that's because Sergachev got two goals just in the past couple of weeks. So they aren't getting a ton of offensive output from anybody but that first line. So to answer the question in my mind, I think Braden Point is a huge impact for this Tampa Bay Lightning. And he would have played in Game 7 had it gone to a Game 7 last round per John Cooper. So if he's back anywhere near 100%, that is a big deal for the Tampa Bay Lightning because they are going to need some offense in this series. I know they're a good checking team. I know they're responsible but can you slow down? Can you honestly slow down Colorado, Tim, in, in a seven-game series? As good as Tampa Bay is at checking, John Tortorella, he, he knows what it means to check. And I saw a little article the other day, and it was like, Tampa, they lost in the playoffs to, Color, or to Columbus three years ago now in the first round. And he's like, I know when we beat them that they saw what it takes to win in the playoffs. They saw how hard you have to work and how hard you have to check and how hard you have to play. And they took that and they have used it the last three years because now they are a different team for as hard as Tampa Bay checks. And as hard as they work, do you think they have any chance of slowing down Colorado this, this series because Colorado, nobody can slow them down. Yeah, of course they have a chance. I mean, they, this is, this is the team that obviously has won the last two in a row They're, They can beat anyone, I think. And I think they're probably feeling pretty confident because they could score goals in bunches too. And they have uh, probably the best shutdown line in, in the game right now with that Sorelli line. And then you have, you know, the, the depth to, to match Colorado's depth. You have a really strong defense and you have the best goaltender in the world. So I think they feel pretty good about it, but they're going to have their hands full because Colorado does not only have that, that top line. That's just absolutely incredible, but you have the, the depth too, especially if Kadri comes back. And they're leading the playoffs in, in goals for So they, they're scoring goals pretty much at will. And so it's kind of like that, the old saying, the the unstoppable object versus the unmovable object, right? Like, what do you, which, which one of these is going to give? Um, but I think, I think the flip side is that, that Tampa's offense probably is better than Colorado's defense. If I, if I'm being honest, what do you think? 
Well, I'm looking at Colorado and I'm looking at their lineup and I'm looking at the results of the teams they've played. And you kind of have to look through the numbers a little bit. They played 14 games or 12 and two. They're averaging four point. It's, I think it's 4.94. I want to say, I, I don't know the exact number. I, I had it in front of me, but it's gone now, but they're averaging a lot of goals per game. But then you look at who they played Nashville, you see sorrows out. So they're getting their backup. Then they move on to St. Louis. Husso was terrible. They're getting their backup in Bennington. Bennington gets hurt and they go back to Husso. Then they move on to Edmonton. Mike Smith was gassed. He didn't look himself. He's old. He's 41, 42 years old. Even if he is healthy, they're getting Mike Smith. They haven't played a team with a true number one goaltender yet this playoffs. So does that make a difference? I think it does. And then they go into the Stanley Cup finals. And it's not like they're getting a good goalie they have to play against. You know, they're, they're not walking in there and going, oh, well, we got to play a, a pretty good goalie. You're getting Andre freaking Vasilevsky. That's who you're getting. That's a huge deal to me. And I don't know how good Colorado shooters are because playing Mike Smith, that guy let in beach balls, man. He let in one from the other end of the ice for Pete's sake. Like he, he wasn't good. And the same can be said for Vili Husso. And the same can be said for whoever Nashville had in it. I can't remember his name. He's a backup goalie. That is going to be a huge issue for me, a huge factor for Colorado. Can they turn the same success they had in the first three series into success for Tampa Bay? Because it's a completely different animal, Tim. It's a completely different ball of wax. This is a team that has been there before, a team that checks their tail off, and a goaltender that does not make many mistakes. And he's been getting better and better and better this playoff series. He struggled versus Toronto, which is maybe why Toronto was so successful for him. For them, he he got a little better versus Florida, but Florida was just, I don't know what the deal was with Florida, and he looked really good versus the Rangers. He looked really good, especially the last three games where only gave up one or two goals. He looked incredible, and now he's hit his prime. He's ready to go. Stanley Cup Finals. I think that is something that not a lot of people are talking about that we should be talking about. Colorado has not been tested at all in the first three rounds in my eyes. They, they have kind of skated through the first three rounds without really being tested. Yes, St. Louis put a scare in them a little bit, but should St. Louis had put a scare in them? I don't think they should have. So, it, oh man, the more I look at the numbers, the more I read into this playoff round, I wanted to give it to Colorado just because they're a juggernaut. They're scoring so many goals. They have an elite power play. Their defense is unbelievable. They create offense in so many different ways. But then, like, gosh. And I keep just looking back on the other side. I'm like, it's Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay. They didn't have an easy road here. They played really good teams. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the President's Trophy winner. Then you get a good, young, fast, eager New York Rangers team who has the best goaltender on the planet right now. And now they go in and play Colorado. So to answer your question, I do think the goal, goals matter that Colorado scored. Or was it my question? I can't even remember. It does mean something, but I don't think it means a lot. I don't. I, I think you can throw that stat out the window of the 4.9 goals a game. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of, of that. Like they're scoring, you know, the four, it's 4.64. I just looked it up, um, goals per game. But at the same time, you know, you could say the opposite for, for Tampa, you know, going back to the last couple of years. And I don't want to discredit what Dallas did or discredit what Montreal did. Even if you even if you want to take them down a notch for winning in a bubble year, the COVID shortened season, all that stuff. They still, you know, got hot at the right time. They played really well and, and they, they gave Tampa a good series. But at the same time, Tampa hasn't played a team in, in the cup final that anything like what Colorado's bringing to this game. Right. Like, you know, what uh, what's his name? Kadobin is no Vasilevsky. And and the Montreal Canadiens are are no, um, you know it's it's it was Suzuki and Toffoli and whoever against you compare those guys to McKinnon and Landeskog and Ranton it's just not even close so I think Tampa is going to be tested in a way that we haven't seen before uh, but like you said Vasilevsky just changes everything it makes me think that maybe you know obviously a team wants to win every game but if if I'm Colorado I'm trying to win this game the series in as few games as possible because the longer that it goes and the later that we go into the series the more I like Tampa's ability to close it out I just don't see them losing in a six or seven game series I totally agree and that that brings us to our our meat of the podcast here what would you rather have as a team coming into this series because we're seeing it right now would you rather have the experience of Tampa Bay or would you rather have the depth at forward, the high-octane offense, 
the obvious advantage on defense, what would you rather have? Because we're seeing it play out in real life. Tampa Bay is outgunned up front. They're outgunned on the back end. Colorado, they, they have a deeper team where their defense is better. I think everybody can agree on that. As good as Tampa Bay's defense has been, Colorado, it's not just McCarr who's giving the production. Josh Manson has been really good. The Johnsons have been really good. Devin Taves has been very good. They're getting points. They're moving up and down the ice. They have been outstanding. Where, where does the advantage lie? How much weight can you put in experience and just I've been there, done that factor? Oh, a lot. I don't think the defense is, is quite as clear as you make it seem. I don't think Colorado's that much better. Tampa's allowing fewer goals per game uh, in this postseason. And you have they, – they play a different style of defense, Tampa Bay, because, because of who they have in net. I'm going to talk about goalies in a little bit. But they can be a little bit more um, aggressive and maybe allow some shots through, even though they don't allow, allow many at all with McDonough back there, with, with the Rutas of the world, Hedman still getting down and blocking shots. And maybe Colorado has a better offensive defensive core with McCarr and, and Taze back there. And even Manson has chipped in here and there, but I, when, it, when you, the more I think about it and I've been thinking about it all week and I keep going back and forth. I was texting my friend last night. I, I think I want to go avalanche. Um, I think I'd rather have that like high octane offense. I'd rather have that something to prove chip on my shoulder there. Um, but there's so much about Tampa Bay that just makes me nervous that says, you know what, they're, they've been here before and they're going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough decision. There's, there's, there's no accounting for experience because you just have to be there and then you learn from it. And I know it's, it's one of those intangible things that everyone just, Oh, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. It means a lot to get put into a position, a situation where you've never been before. It's overwhelming, especially on the biggest stage of the Stanley cup final when everyone's watching it's it's a very intimidating situation. So I, I don't know where I lie because I, I do think I do think Colorado I think they're the better team. I think just just skill wise, personnel wise, and this is with everybody being healthy. This is with Braden Point back, this is with Kadri back. Everybody's at hundred percent. I do think Colorado is a better team. And that even includes the goaltender factor, which we'll touch on in a bit. But I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm interested to see, does Colorado have what it takes to just not be flustered? They've been fine this playoffs, but like I said, they haven't played anybody that really have pushed them to the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm just looking at the the cup winners from the last X amount of years, and you have to go back pretty far. Think about just the, the idea of a, a core a core of a team winning the cup the first time they make like a deep playoff run. Usually it doesn't happen. Usually they get somewhere, they win the, the cup finals or the, or the um, conference finals and they lose. And um, it's a rare thing for a team to go on a run and win. It's kind of out of nowhere. I think the blues from a couple of years ago, you could say they did that. Um, and then you have to go back to, it's like the penguins were there many times. The Blackhawks were there. Maybe the Kings went on that run, but they were there before the, the Bruins had a lot of playoff success. I'm going back like 20 years before you have to get to a team that's like, that comes out of, no, out of nowhere, but hadn't had a playoff, playoff success, gets to the cup final and, able, and wins it the first time that they get there. It's a hard thing to do, especially against a team that is so experienced and, and has really maintained this core. It's just not going to be an easy thing for them to accomplish. Even back when we're talking about the, the last dynasty, Wayne Gretzky, they had to go and play the New York Islanders and get kicked in the teeth to, to really realize what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. And I'll never forget a quote. It was Wayne Gretzky. He's like, we were walking out of the rink. I think they got swept. And we were expecting to walk by the Islanders dressing room and we expected them to have like, you know, champagne popping and like going nuts and partying. He's like, they had ice pads all over their body. They were laid up on the trainer's table. And this was after winning the Stanley cup because they were just dead. They put their bodies on the line and this is what it takes. And I think it might've been Paul coffee. I can't remember who I was talking to. He's like, this is when I knew that we didn't, we didn't give it all we had. And maybe this is what happens to the avalanche this year. They, they got there. They're happy. They, they get to compete for the Stanley Cup and they don't win it this year and they learn a lot. But Tampa Bay, they've been there. They have made runs before. They, they lost when they were the President's Trophy winner. They had gone to the Eastern Conference final the year before that. So they knew what it, it took and it took them to getting kicked in the teeth by the Columbus Blue Jackets, seeing how they played their game. A vastly underskilled team compared to the Lightning at that point. Vastly underskilled. They had no business even being on the same rink as them. And they worked them up and down the ice. It wasn't even close. They just outworked them. They outplayed them. And it was just, it was a lopsided series. So 
maybe this is what happened this year. I don't know. Maybe Colorado has learned its lesson. Maybe they have brought in guys who have, have been there. Darren Helms won a Stanley Cup before. They brought in a couple guys to to mold these guys. I don't think that helps a little bit, but maybe the top guys, the Ranton and the Landeskog, the McKinnons, they've learned from the last few years. I don't know, but you're you're absolutely right. I think the experience does 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 help. All right, let's move on to the goaltending, and we'll, we'll go through goaltending, forwards, defense, power play, penalty kill, line matching, all that fun stuff. Is this even a conversation? We already know who the best goaltender in the world is. The bigger question is, Tim, who starts for Colorado? Game one. Um, yeah. It's, well, this is – I don't think it really matters. I think Francois has played pretty well, um, but he's not even really the starter. And then Kemper makes a matchup a little bit closer. I think he's probably better than, than Francois and makes it closer to Vasilevsky. But there – it's still a huge gap. Um, and he said – He's available to play, most likely. They haven't decided who's going to play. But even if he is available to play, does that mean he's 100%? That's a big question I have. And that's why, I, you know, stepping outside of comparing Francois and, and Kemper and who's going to get the, the start, I don't think it really matters because the difference between those guys and Vasilevsky is just just absolutely massive. And I think that's going to be, if we boil us down to the key to this series, for me, that might be at the top of my list, is, is what kind of goaltending are they going to get from either of these guys? I think you said, like, with the last round, like, we'll probably see both of them throughout this series, maybe as soon as game one. Um, that, if the Colorado doesn't win this series, if they don't get, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Just really good goaltending from from one of those guys. I don't think they need a good goaltender to win this series. I think they need an average goaltender to just not make big mistakes. So I, I don't care who's in net for Colorado. They they've played with these guys all season long. Neither of them have had an outstanding season. They just need to be serviceable. Go out there, make the saves you're supposed to make. Maybe make one highlight reel save, but don't lose the game for us. Vasilevsky. He wins games for you. That's what he does. He has that ability to win games for you. These guys don't. Kempfer doesn't. Francois doesn't. They are just goaltenders. Good goaltenders, and that's all I want them to be. That's why everyone's making a big deal about, oh, the gap at the goaltenders is so huge. It's, that's why Tampa Bay is going to win this series. I agree. It's a huge gap. Vasilevsky's way better than both of these goalies. Like Way, 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 way better. And especially in the playoffs, he's been there. He's got the experience. He's Mr. Elimination Game. I don't think it matters in this series. Colorado has never relied on their goaltender. They they score a lot of goals. They defend well. They don't give up many chances. So I, I don't see this being an issue. All he has to do is make the saves that he's supposed to make. If you, if you give up a two-on-one, Tampa Bay is going to score. If you give up a breakaway, Tampa Bay is going to score. Colorado just has to play smart and not make too many mistakes to give Tampa Bay Chances to score, stay out of the penalty box. Tampa Bay's power play has been lights out. If they can do that and not give up these, they'll give up grade A chances, but just limit them. And I think they'll be fine this series. Well, I, I agree with your point. I think my, my main concern with those guys is like not the total amount of goals they're going to allow, but what goals and when. It's like you could you could let in, it could be a 1-1 game. You're playing a great goal, a great game. And then you let up a juicy rebound late in the third. Tampa Bay, you know they're going to score. Like Cologne's going to bury that. And that's like, okay, well, Kemper played pretty well, but he made that bonehead mistake, and now we lose the game. And that's the, that's the thing that I think Colorado's got to be nervous about. Oh, I would be nervous too. You saw it versus the Rangers, the best goalie in the world. The last three games, Tampa Bay scores with two minutes left, two minutes left, six minutes left, wins the game all three times. So, yeah, Tampa Bay, that's what they do. So if I'm Colorado, I don't even want my goaltender to be put in that situation. We have to be up two goals going into the third. We have to not even give him the opportunity to lose us the game. Because he's not as good as Shesterkin. He's not as good as any of the goalies in the East. These goalies are bad in, co- in comparison to the goaltenders that Colorado has faced, or excuse me, Tampa Bay has faced so far. So they're bad, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, but they just just do your job. We don't need you to be Dominic Cash out there diving all over the place. We don't, we don't need that. Just play your, play your game, get in front of the puck. You can give up three goals a game. I think we'll be fine. I truly believe that's what Colorado's thinking, and that's what they're hoping. Give up two or three a game, we'll be fine. We just can't let what happened when we played Edmonton happen when Edmonton went on a run in the first game and they scored six or seven goals because Tampa Bay can do that every single game. If they want, well, maybe they can. Maybe they're not as good as Edmonton was. But just, just make the saves that you have to make. A, a key to this series, a huge key to this series. There's many keys to this series. It's, there's a lot of keys floating around. 
who is going to get the better matchup between Colorado's first line, Landis Gog, McKinnon, Nishuskin, and Tampa Bay's shutdown, lockdown, out of this world, checking line of Hagel, Sorelli, and Klorn. Now, Hagel, Sorelli, and Klorn, they've gotten the better of the matchup with every line they've been up against. Florida, they shut down Barkov, Verhage, and Giroux. We all saw what they did versus the Rangers when they went up against Zabinijad, Kreider, and Vitrano. Zabinijad and Kreider, I think, combined for 80-plus goals this regular season. Those two guys didn't have any points the last three games. They just completely whitewashed them. They were non-existent. Who is going to get the better matchup when they when they face each other? Because it's going to be a huge deal. We know Colorado's depth. We get that. But they do rely on that first line a lot. Rightfully so. McKinnon is a top five players in the top five player in the NHL. Landeskog is eh, maybe top fifteen. He's a good player, very good player. And Nishuskin has slowly come into his own where he's just as power forward who scores goals. It's a good line. You think the Tampa Bay trio is going to shut these guys down as as well as they shut down the New York trio? I do, honestly, I do. Like you know, uh, you can you could argue like who's who's better and how you want to rank them, but the Zabanajad Kreider line. And the Barkov Giroux line are just as good as, as McKinnon and, and, and Landis Scott line. Uh, McKinnon's obviously the best player of that group, but these guys, it's, it's semantic. These are elite lines, and they're, I think they'll have a game where they'll probably, you know, McKinnon will get a couple of goals or something. But I, I, over the course of this series, I do trust Sorelli and Hagel and Kalorin to shut down whoever they're, they're matched up against. And I think that's going to kind of why it comes down to Colorado's depth. So that for me, I, I would say yes to that question. I agree. I, I think it's easier to shut a line down than to like create offense. And this isn't, you know, the nuclear option with McDavid and Dreinsidel. These guys are not as good as them. As good as they are, that that line I don't think you can shut down. They're just too offensively gifted. But I do think I do think they can they can do that. But the great thing about Colorado, I think they've shown this postseason that if you do, you know, limit those guys, they have other guys who can score. Both teams are so deep. And when you look at the Avs depth and the Bolts depth, which team do you think is deeper, Tim? When it comes to just strict offense, strict putting the puck in the net, who do you got? Take away both teams' first lines. So you take away McKinnon, Landeskog, and Shuskin, and you take away Stamkos, Kucherov, and um, gosh, not Kalorn, Palat. If you take away those six guys, which team has the best second through fourth lines? Well... I don't know. It's a hard question too, because like they both teams could have those like superstar top heavy line, but they choose not to. They they go with like the depth and they break up like Nichuskin probably not a first line player, but he's they break it up instead of having that Landis God McKinnon Branton in line, for example. So, you know, I, I would I would kind of throw him in that in that secondary player role, but I, think I don't think Tampa still... Bay could have a better option than their first line right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably unless true. point unless point comes back. Yeah, um, I'll say I'll say Tampa Bay though. I, I like the the moves they made with bringing in Hagel and Paul. I think I think Perry has played really well. I think to surprise some people with his offensive production, uh, Maroon creates a lot of offense, creates a lot of space. I don't he might not chip in a goal that often, but uh, when he does, it's usually a pretty clutch one. So if I had to pick one, I would go with Tampa Bay. But it's close. They both have such great depth players. They do. You're right. I, I think Tampa Bay's depth players are a little more well rounded. As we like to say, they can play anywhere in the lineup. You can plug and play them. I do. I think Colorado's got better depth, though, when it comes to just strictly offense, strictly getting up and down the ice and, and putting pucks in the net. And that's what we're all about. I think they, for whatever reason, I don't know what's going on. Darren Helm looks really dangerous. JT Comfort looks really dangerous. New Hook's been playing really well. They seem to be able to create more offense. And maybe this is, again, going back to my initial point, They've been playing sub subpar defensive competition. You know, Nashville was okay. St. Louis, they like to run and gun, get up, get up and down the ice. And we all know, we all know Edmonton. So maybe they haven't played the type of competition to really show if they're truly a deep team, whereas Tampa Bay has. But I just like, I like Colorado. Even stinking Alex Cogliano or Andrew Cogliano gets a, a very timely goal versus St. Louis. They seem to be able to to score more timely goals and just more goals in general. I think the five-on-five goals for Colorado in 14 games, they've gotten something silly like 64 goals or something like that, whereas Tampa Bay in 17 games, they only have 27 or 28 five-on-five goals. So Colorado is a a better team offensively. But I think just depth, you'll take Tampa Bay, I'll take Colorado, and this is how it's going to go. These are very evenly matched teams. 
evenly matched teams. There's not a huge chasm one way or the other, except a goaltender. All right, let's move on to the back end, Tim. This is the big, the big question for me. And this is, this is my key, the biggest key for me, if one team is going to win this series. Who's got the better defense? Tim, I want to know what you think. Oh, man. I, I want to say Tampa um, from top to bottom. I like the, wow. the thing with, with Colorado is this, they, they have a couple of players that could potentially be flat tires. Um, the Eric Johnson of the world, the Jack Johnson, like they're, they're serviceable. We spent time on the show talking about them, but they're also very capable of, of putting up dud games. And I don't think we really see the same thing with, with Tampa Bay's defense. They're maybe like, you know, I'll just talk about McCarr and I'm sure you want to wax poetically about him, but Hedman is just still so, so, so good. And he moves so well, not like McCarr, but he's bigger, he's stronger. He's, he's just as good as just about anyone in the, in the league. And then you and you can rely on a guy like that. And you have the depth players like Bogosian and Sergachev, McDonough, Chernak, like, I, and the, and the other thing, you know, taking the, the X's and O's out of it, they've proven it. They've proven it. And so if, if it's close, I'm going to give it to the guys who have been there before and executed. So it's close, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, man. I'm going Colorado. I don't know how you can not go for the guy who could potentially go down as the best defenseman to ever put skates on. And that says a lot because there's been like some pretty good defensemen out there. Bob Yor, Larry Robinson, Ray Bork, Scott Niedermeyer. Kale McCarr is doing some things that we've never seen before. Even in this playoffs, he's got 22 points. They've only played 14 games for Pete's sake. He has, he has taken over that decor. And I know I'm not, you know, discounting what Tampa Bay has done. Like you said, Hedman, he's Victor Hedman. You know, he, he's got a con smite to his name. He's, he's a, he's got a Norris to his name. The guy's, the guy's Victor Hedman for Pete's sake. Ryan McDonough, big part of that team. But I, I do think they have some players that are Johnson-esque. You know, Jan Ruda. Eric Chernak, Zach Bogosian, the whole right side of their D line is not, you know, puck moving swift feet, you know, the new age type of defenseman. They're slow, plodding, heavy defensemen. And I like those guys. So don't get me wrong, but maybe they are less apt to a mistake than the Johnson duo. Maybe I'll give you that much. But I just think as a whole, the way we play the game today, I think the two most offensively gifted players in this series play together for Colorado. McCarr and Devin Taves, I think, are both better with the puck offensively than Hedman, McDonough, or Sergachev for Tampa Bay, in my eyes. And then on top of that, you got Byron Bowen, who's a young, swift-footed, gets up and down the ice defenseman. I just think Colorado, that is their strength. And in my eyes, this this is my take on this series. They're so even up and down the lineup. The forwards are even. They're special teams. Who cares? If Colorado wins this series, it will be because of these six guys in the back end. That, this is the key for me. Tampa Bay was able to limit New York's back end. They limited Fox. They limited all these other guys. They didn't. He wasn't Adam Fox-esque taking a side, taking out the first two games. After that, the last four, he was very pedestrian. If they can do the same thing they did to Adam Fox in that Rangers back end, they win this series. If Kale McCarr can get the space, if Devin Taves can get up the ice, if Josh Manson can maintain his confidence, if Bowen Byram, Byram, excuse me, can continue to gain that confidence and get up the ice and get up in the rush, Colorado wins this series. And that's a huge unknown because Tampa Bay is so good at eliminating the, the next wave in the rush. They're so disciplined. They don't get caught at a place. You're, you're very rare, very rare do you see the two initial forwards who are on the forecheck get beat up the ice by the other team's defensemen. They're so good at just not getting caught at a place. So that's, that's the key for me in this series. Can Colorado continue to get production from these six guys? Because it's not just McCarr and tapes. They're, they're getting a lot of production, but Manson's gotten goals. Jack Johnson's got a couple of goals. Byram's been playing well. Eric Johnson for Pete's sake has got to get on the score sheet a couple of times. So can that trend continue? If I'm Tampa Bay's coaching staff, that's what I'm focusing on. I'm throwing the puck in McCarr's corner. I'm throwing it in Taves' corner, and I'm trying to lean on these guys. Tampa Bay's got a big physical team. You got Nick Paul. You got uh, Belmar. You got Maroon. You got all these guys. Hagel gets up and down the ice. You make it hard for them. I don't think anybody has made it that hard for well Edmonton. Eh, just Edmonton. They frustrate me. But yes, 
That's that's the biggest key for me. So I'm I'm taking Colorado again. I'm taking Colorado's forwards and I'm taking Colorado's defense, Tim. And you took Tampa's forwards and Tampa's defense. I wonder, I wonder who we're going to pick when it comes down to time to, to pick who we're going to play. All right, special teams. Is this even an issue? They both have a strong power play, strong penalty kill. Do special teams play a factor in this game, Tim? I mean, of course they do. It, they are very close, though. Colorado's got a, a, a much better um, power play. But again, you got to factor in the opponents there, I think. And then Tampa Bay has a slightly better penalty kill, uh, which doesn't surprise me there. So I think they kind of wash each other out. I think the key will be um, that that Colorado just scores so many goals. And, you know, they're letting 4.64, like we said, and the Bolts, by contrast, about a goal and a half less per game. They have just over three goals a game. That's a pretty striking difference for two, you know, Stanley Cup finalists. They play a very different style. They play very different opponents on their road here. So, uh, you, you know, you can look at the numbers and dig deeper and make sense of it. But that's that's pretty striking to me. So I think I think we'll have to look at the special team playing a factor there. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's going to shoot themselves in the foot and just lose a game by taking five or six penalties. I think these are both disciplined veteran teams. Uh, I don't see it. Maybe uh, Corey Perry takes an untimely penalty, which he's been known to do, but Colorado doesn't have that guy. Kadri's hurt. He would be the guy, but I think he's proven that he's matured a little bit and he has a bigger role when he does come back. He's not going to jeopardize his team and do something stupid like an Evander Kane does. Gosh, I hate every time I bring up the Oilers, it's just in a negative just connotation. They're just, they just irk me a little bit, but anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't think the PP or PK makes that big of a difference. You know what else makes a difference? If these teams are physically ready, you know what I mean? And that all comes down to nutrition. And I guarantee you, I'll bet you that their trainers got DoorDash on their phone and they order these guys food whenever they want it to make sure they're just nourished and ready for the game. You want a steak DoorDash. You want some pasta DoorDash. Guess what? You guys, you could do that too. You could be just like the pros. Use DoorDash, but you can be better than the pros. You can use my promo code, promo code GLOVESDD if you're in Canada. GLOVESDDUS if you're in the USA. You get 25% off free delivery from DoorDash. Get all the food you want. Eat like the pros, and you'll be in the Stanley Cup final one day. DoorDash, everybody. Booyah, Tim. Booyah. What else are we going to cover here? Um, We covered a lot here. I mean... The the Hedman versus Makar thing. Do you think that's getting too much attention? Where do you you think it's even close at this point? How effect how impactful these guys are in this? Series? I think it's a massive impact. It's the first time in two decades that we've had two Norris Trophy finalists going head to head in the Stanley Cup final. Last time we had that was Stevens Bork versus the Abs and the Devils. So it's a huge deal. Uh, I've said it all along. You win Stanley Cups through the middle and on the back end, and these teams prove that their back ends, both of them can arguably be be said to be the one-two back ends in the whole NHL. They're incredible. So I think this is going to be a huge deal. Who gets the better matchup of this? Hedman, maybe not so offensively gifted, but like you mentioned, brings other things to the table. He's a big defenseman. He leans on you. He makes it hard to get to the front of the net. He's not going to let you go wide. He's going to paste you into the boards. McCarr, he's going to make you work. He's, he's, he's just like you chase him around the ice. In the defensive zone, in the offensive zone, he's going to pick your pocket. He's going to be on your hip. He's not going to blast you into the boards, but he's not going to let you skate around him like an Eric Carlson would because Carlson was not, is not, well, he's not a good defenseman. McCarr is better than that. He's, he's not going to give you the time and space when you're in the offensive zone. And when you're in the defensive zone and you're marking him, you better keep your head on a swivel because that guy is going to be all over the offensive zone. You think Adam Fox moved around? Watch Kale McCarr. The guy does not play a position in the offensive zone. He's down in the corner. He's in the high slot. He's at the top of the circle. He's playing right beside his partner. The guy makes it so difficult to mark him as a, as a winger. So it's going to be fun to watch. Whereas Hedman, he's poised. He's confident on the power play. He doesn't get flapped. He, the puck's bouncing up to him. He, he calmly sets it down, dishes it off to Kucherov. He's a completely different type of defenseman. It's going to be neat to watch these two Norris Trophy finalists going at it and they're completely different types of defensemen. It's 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 very nice nice to juxtapose juxtapose these two. Yes. Is that the was very that the right, right word? Because Thumbs they're up. they're both defensemen, but they're yes, completely different. They they're, they're completely different. One six foot seven and is just not a, a stay at home, steady issue home types defense, but he, you know, he plays a different type of game than Kale McCarr. It's just fun to, to see two different types of defensemen at the top of their game. And this is what it's going to be. Well, 
Yeah, it's it's funny because Hedman is a good skater and he does put up good numbers. It's just Makar is just it's a whole nother level. If you're if you're the the lightning, what's your what's your game plan for Makar? How do you like hope to contain him? How do you hope to not let him take over the series? Well, you mark him, right? You have to hit him. I think teams have tried to do that. I don't know how successful that is. I know playing against skilled defensemen, we would go in there and we'd say, we have to bury him through the boards. Don't give him an easy lane up the ice. So when you see him, you bump him, you stick him, you hook him, you clutch him, you grab him, do whatever you can so he can't get going. That's that's the first thing. And then two, you you have to maybe limit your offense when he's on the ice because you don't want to be burned. You don't want to be left behind by you taking too much of a chance on the offensive end. So you have to be aware of who's on the ice and he plays half the game. So if I'm a Steven Stamkos or if I'm someone like that, and I know I'm going against McCarr, maybe I don't cheat for a puck that maybe might make it to the goal. Maybe I err on the side of caution and, and play on the, the South side of McCarr. So if the puck doesn't get to the net and McCarr's jumping on the, up the ice, I can mark him and I can be on him going up the ice. So they don't get a two on one or a three on two or a four on two. So maybe you do limit your offensive output, just so Colorado doesn't go the other way. And that's what Tampa Bay is great at. They don't care. I saw an interview with Hagel. They're like, you had career highs with goals with Chicago this year. You're on pace for a career high with points. You were an offensive player. And then you come to Tampa Bay and your offensive output just completely stops. And he's like, I don't care. We're winning hockey games. I'll do whatever it takes. You know, I don't need to score goals. My job here is to shut down the other team's top line. And I'm fine with that. So they, everybody on that team has swallowed their ego. They, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. And they don't care how they win as long as they win. And I think you see it up and down their lineup. Even Steven Samkos, for Pete's sake, he, he has just completely transitioned his game from three, four years ago to where he is now, where he's a well-rounded player. Maybe he won't get 50 goals like he used to, but he's going to get 35 and a big fat ring on his finger. So, you know, and I think that's what makes Tampa Bay so great. If you had to boil this down into, you know, one X factor, what's the key to the series? What are you looking at? Kale McCarr. I know we've talked about him a lot. It's Kale McCarr. Flat out. Can he continue his success? Can he be the driving force for this offense like he's been all season long and all playoffs long? Can he be that guy that we think he is, that we know he is, that he's shown he can be since he entered the league? Can Tampa Bay shut him down? That's it. They shut down Adam Fox. They beat the New York Rangers. Can they shut down Kale McCarr? I think it's that cut and dry for me. It's that black and white. That's the matchup. Kale McCarr versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't care what McKinnon does. I don't care what Ranton and Landis Skog. I don't care what Stamkos. Can Kale McCarr get past Tampa Bay's hard-checking, in-your-face type play and produce like he's produced his whole career? That's it for me. It's so funny because I was just about to ask about McKinnon. You know, he's the leading goal scorer. He's the guy up front. He's one of the best, you know, top five forwards in the league. Is McCarr that much more of an impact player in your mind that we, we spend all this time talking about him and very little about McKinnon? I do. And, and rightfully so. I think McCarr, in a position where you don't see that type of player that often, you know, it's starting to become a little more common to see a very offensively gifted defenseman who is responsible on his back end. It's becoming a little more common, but we're not used to seeing this type of player. We've seen forwards who are really talented. Like Tampa Bay, they've they've played forwards who are very talented. You know, they saw Barkov. They saw Marners and Matthews. They saw Zabinajad and Kreider. Like, they're used to seeing really great forwards. McCarr is better than Adam Fox. Maybe we'll see by how much. Can he outplay the Tampa Bay Lightning? That That's what I want to know. So, yes, I think in this series and as Colorado team as a whole, I think McCarr makes it way, way, not maybe not way, way, but he is a bigger impactful player than Nathan McKinnon. I think if McKinnon leaves this team, they'll still be successful. I think if McCarr leaves this team, they're not as successful. I think McCarr moves the needle much more than Nathan McKinnon does. And that's not slain to McKinnon, but I think even just in these playoffs, McKinnon has 18 points, McCarr has 22. You know, so McCarr's good. Yeah, he's good. The tweets are going to start pouring in about how you bash McKinnon and you don't think he's that good anymore. And yeah, here it comes. It's All fine. right. Points bet. I think we've extended our 45 minute limit. This one went a little long. We got one game, one game only. Game one, Stanley Cup finals, Colorado, Tampa Bay. Game one in Colorado. 
Who do you got, Tim? Taking game number one. Um, it's so hard to predict. So what I'm going to use is, is use the conference finals as an example. Colorado's had nine days off at this point. I think that's going to bite him in the butt a little bit. So I like Tampa to win game one. Okay. I'm going to home, gosh, home ice. Colorado's been a juggernaut on the road, by the way. They're seven and oh on the road. So they're, they're well, they've only lost two games. So I don't know what that says, but I am going to go with Colorado. I think they're going to come out. They're going to be rested. They're going to win this game. And in net, we will see Pavel, Francois, Franco, Francouz. All three of them are going to be in net. And Colorado takes this game. And we're going to go on our – we like our side bets, right? I think I think sure. we do. I think McCarr gets three points. Tonight? or t- Yeah, tonight. tonight. Tonight, yeah. I don't know if you can bet on the amount of points, but I think McCarr gets three. So that, okay. that's my avalanche with the win. McCarr with three points. They win the game five to two with an empty netter. So that, that's my prediction. Any side bets, Tim, or are you just going straight Tampa Bay with the W? Um, I will say Tampa Bay wins, and under, I'll take the under and three and a half goals. Sounds good, everybody. Well, we won't even – we'll have one game in the books by the time we talk to you next on Friday, and then the next game after that is on a Saturday. They're getting an extended rest for whatever reason in Colorado. We're not going every other day like we did with every other series this playoff round. So, yes, watch tonight. Let me know what you think about our predictions. And uh, gosh, have fun, everybody. This is going to be this is going to be a good series. Hopefully, well, how long do you think it's going to go, Tim? Should we do our series prediction winner? Yeah, let's do that before we leave. Forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tampa. It's funny. I, I started the show and I woke up this morning thinking Colorado, but as we talked through and as you asked me all these questions, I talked myself into lightning. So I'm going to say Tampa, and I'm going to say. Seven games goes a distance. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm going Colorado in seven. I think the abs take it. By the way, who won the Golden State Warriors Boston Celtics? You know you know the Golden State won. But you're gonna bet against Vasilevsky in game seven? I, I just did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Colorado okay. in seven. It's going to be an incredible series. And, and I could totally see Tampa win. This is what we want. These are the two best teams in the NHL playing. So buckle up. We're waiting for. It's going to be fun. Enjoy it, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. Go gamble on points bet. Get yourself some DoorDash and uh, throw down a thumbs up for us wherever you get this. We really appreciate the support. All right, everybody. Have fun tonight. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.